You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Doing my own stank. I got a stinky chair. <laughs> <laughs> that was my name in the lunchroom. <laughs> stinky chair. You don't want to sit next to old stinky chair over there. Sitting in the handy dandy <laughs> stinky chair. <laughs> Let's stink. Let's stink. <laughs> stink. Stink. Because when we lose our minds every step of time, this is all just in my head. There is no blue. What are these? clues I'm searching for. I'm searching for myself. I'm searching for Steve. My name's Gary. Who the fuck is Steve? Something good for ya. Everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good for You podcast, where these two knuckleheads sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you. This week, I'm one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and Dave is not with me this week. No, I could not get a hold of him. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He's probably trapped in that fucking basement. But I have gotten quite a few requests. In fact. When I was teasing that um, we were going to be getting a new co-host for something good for you, um, a bunch of people were just like, oh, I think I know who it's going to be. In fact, um, one of our really good listeners, Dustin, he immediately messes me. He goes, I know who it is. I'm like, who? He's like, I'm not going to tell you in case I'm wrong. <laughs> but this entire time, he thought that our guest today was going to be our ongoing uh, co-host. But hey. Time for a special guest spot for Mikey Black. Yeah, that's me. That's you, buddy. Guess what, Dustin? You lose. <laughs> uh-huh. Welcome back to something good for you. It honestly has been a long time since we've done this show. Uh, yeah. What did we last do together? Was it a couch potatoes or? Uh... It was definitely a couch potatoes. Was the last time you yeah. were on the? Oh, network. it was a fistful of quarters episode. Yeah. Yeah, so so you've done you've done yeah, a few yeah. fistful episodes, but a something good for you, not done since uh, probably twenty twenty one. Sounds about right. Yeah, but in that time, for new listeners that are sitting here going, "Who the fuck is this kid?" Because honestly, we've gotten a lot of new listeners over the last few months. The algorithm gods have shined upon us. Oh. <laughs> I have done nothing, but the numbers have grown. So the algorithm gods have finally shined on me. But Mikey uh, used to be in the fill-ins lead guitar. Uh, you now have your own band, Collective Insanity, and. I would like to say, by the time this episode comes out, fingers crossed, you will officially have your own show on this network. That is correct. Yes. So, Me and my good friend, Dante Carter, Dante Carter Comedy, on all social media platforms. Uh, Link is in the description. <laughs> we started a podcast called This Fucking Guy. Where me and Dante are those fucking guys, and we talk about everything that you're not going to hear about on the Something Good For You podcast. Yeah, yeah basically. So <laughs> if you like money, religion, and politics all in one conversation, <laughs> come on over. Let's hang out. Yeah, religion and politics. We definitely stay away from that on Something Good For You. We'll, we'll talk money. Everybody fucking broke right <laughs> yeah. now. God damn. <laughs> I can't be broke in this economy. What's the thing about uh, religion and politics is it all comes back to money in the end. It does, but then that's when I pivot. 
and make it funny or mass suicide <laughs> one of the two we, we leave that up to cryptic conspiracy cult yeah <laughs> <laughs> cryptic conspiracy cult has all the suicides and corruption taken care of the cryptic conspiracy circumcision <laughs> coming <laughs> soon <laughs> <laughs> oh man no it's real good to have you back man but it's it's it is weird though because after all this time being able to finally grow out the network and it's like i i have like some sort of like little smiling thing in the middle of me because i'm sitting here watching like chris he was just like our secret weapon for the longest time and now here he is running off making his own shows and it's like finally after all this time you're like starting to create your own show and it's like it all started with this one little bud of something good for you and it's like started kind of blossoming out from here and it's just it, it makes me really small because i don't know i guess i've always kind of taken the I guess the Kevin Smith approach to it where it's like, you know, whoever's got the idea, let's run with it. And whoever gets big t- brings the friends along, you know? So it's like... Unless it, they're trying to make Superman fight a giant spider. Yes. <laughs> He's not on board. Not on board. But uh, but but when it comes to, like, his Walter Flanagan's and Brian Johnson's, you know, stuff like that, you know, he brought them on up when the little bit of pop happened. So it's like, even though I've had no modicum of success whatsoever being able to at least go hey friends if you want to do a podcast i have my own network now just come make fun and do your own thing outside of you know i'm not going to tell you what the fucking say or do i'm just going to give you an outlet to be able to release it and do it and it kind of makes me happy right (laughs) it's more or less how this fucking guy started was uh dante expressing that he wanted to start a podcast because he's a comedian and so you're I guess obligated to have a podcast if you're a comedian. Isn't that like and step three? And I was three? just like, well, I have microphones and recording software, so fuck it, let's hang out. We'll be those fucking guys. Those fucking guys. No, and and it really works because I've listened to a couple of the uh, episodes already, and I don't want to draw any like comparisons to folks, but it's like Dante has like such a good different personality from everyone else oh yeah and that's what just that's what makes him fucking sharp as shit now did you find him in the comedy circle because since you've last been on the show you actually have been attending more stand-up open mic nights and i mean dare to say starting to kind of maybe get your footing and consider yourself a bit of a comedian Uh, or at least a budding one yeah i consider myself an open micer because i just get up there and fuck around for the most part like I wrote, I mean, like maybe 10 minutes worth of material. Yeah, you've got your tight 10. Yeah. So I'm at that weird stage of there's not so many open mics to be a part of. And so I'd have to like hop on comedy shows, like little showcases here and there. But I don't know, like I don't want to sacrifice any band or music time to do comedy. Well, you know, there's a way but, you could probably combine the two. I don't want to do that. I don't. Adam Sandler's already done it. No, 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 no. Uh, think about it in a different way. Take what Fireball does, for instance. He yeah. has his Fireball Grindhouse wrestling shows in which he'll have his dancers, his bands, and his wrestlers all in one night, and it's hosted by Fireball. Why don't you have nights where you're the MC and other comedians are MCs, and you've got the comedy rocking in between the bands because bands are going to have to set up how long do they need? Roughly 10 or so minutes. Everyone brings their tight 10. 
and showcases in between the sets. It could work, but then you got more people you got to pay at the end of the night, and most okay, people then are just you. Go, That's <laughs> a way for you to cut your chops bigger. They're gonna go get their beer and stuff during the uh, intermissions between bands and whatnot. I mean, doesn't that happen at open mic nights anyway? <laughs> not, not if it's strictly comedy. Like, cause music open mic nights kind of suck too. I did one recently where they decided to take it from their intimate indoor bar space and do it outside because the weather's nice which makes sense because it's mainly like people showing up with guitars and playing music so i'm standing in there trying to tell jokes and everyone's just loud as fuck you got kids running around because people still bring children to breweries for whatever reason i mean wouldn't you just say that was maybe just a bad environment for it i'm imagining yeah. a tr- i'm imagining like an old tremont days or a milestone or you know even something like a skylark right you know so, something like that could probably be a little bit more conducive to having a funny man up on stage for a couple minutes as bands are swapping around yeah we can figure it out i might just pitch it to fireball let him handle it there you <laughs> go I'm not, I'm not organizing <laughs> jack shit apparently i'm a professional podcast producer now on my own so yeah yeah expl- <laughs> explain that shit out <laughs> you you hit me up because you were initially talking about you know wanting to do the show and i was like well do you want to put it out as your own thing or you know do you want it on something good network i'm not going to be bothered either way just let me know and you're like well i'll put it on something good network i'm like okay cool so just send me your tracks i can get it edited or you edit it we'll get it posted all of a sudden like maybe a week or so later you're like i need to know about distribution and can you show me a, and i was like I, I can show you some tips on editing you're like yeah that that might be useful and then all of a sudden you're just like yeah i'm uh i'm in charge of a whole separate podcast now <laughs> <laughs> a whole separate professional podcast yeah so, not so that this, this is like podcast your, isn't professional but this fucking guy is definitely not a professional podcast this is your wine but, and wealth to my something good yeah, for you pretty much it was not on something good network no. it was its own thing yeah and uh, i think my employment might be on the line oh shit I don't pull through maybe not it's, that's why you were listening not, so no. fucking intently to me today i'm like something fucking changed either like mikey actually respects what the hell i have to say about audio editing or like something else is up oh, and well, yeah, it's not that i didn't ever respect it it's just I didn't, oh your job's now on the I line i didn't need so. the information <laughs> now i need because i know how to plug in mics and record and all that stuff but yeah like, you've been I'm rocking out demos completely for years. clueless on like distribution i thought about using distro kid which is what we use to put our music out but distro kid doesn't allow uh podcasts at this time and then also wanted tips on to make it sound more professional and less like something that we filmed in an upstairs spare bedroom kind of deal <laughs> even though that's what it is exactly but they don't have to know that but no even with that um talking about just like setting up spaces the room you're in now original something good studios the whole reason i've kind of left this corner of the room a little bit empty is i am planning on setting it up to where we can do a lot more video content in here right where you're sitting right now is actually what i had in mind for your trivia game that i'd like to do the subject would be sitting right where you are you'd be sitting directly next to him i would be sitting here at the host table and the tv directly in front for the other parts so i've already thought about your game show and your quiz show while i was setting up this specific corner yeah it's a rad setup i mean y'all can't see shit but (laughs) they will gotta believe me when i tell you they will soon because um soon most of our something good episodes especially the ones with dave um i'm gonna wind up 
like since we do them on Zoom anyway, right. it captures the video. So soon, once I get my background a little bit more finished up, I'm going to be setting up an actual camera and we're going to film all the episodes. And so there'll be audio and video episodes out coming soon. So that'll be a nice one. And yeah, just definitely trying to do a lot more video content in general, yeah, which is what all the cool kids are doing. It is. And this is, I don't know, I guess it's taken me a minute to kind of begrudgingly get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a lot of work. You also got a fucking day job. Yeah, and, and other uh, people in your life, and a and a kind of band, and everything else. <laughs> uh, yeah, but man, it's it is interesting though. How would you compare the comedy scene to the music scene when it comes to camaraderie, doing shows, reception to each other after shows? Like, what what would you say are the similarities and big differentials? Hmm. I think it depends on the genre of music if we're going to compare because there's even contrast between the punk rock rock and roll scene that I was a part of with the fill-ins versus the heavy metal crowd, yeah. hardcore crowd slash new metal crowd, every fucking subgenre of metal crowd. <laughs> like it's way more clicky and way more who do you know kind of deal, which is I mean that's any circle but See, and that's odd because I kind of considered the metal scene to be a lot more, I don't know, quickly embracing, whereas like the punk and rock community was a little bit more like it felt like we had to fight to get in, whereas like the metal scene is always just like, oh, new metal band. Yeah, do this show, do this show, do this show. Yeah, so there is that, but there's, I feel like more ego involved as far as like just a lot of competitive to it or because it's a bigger scene like there's a lot more rumors that fly around and you hear shit like we played a show a few months ago and uh some guy from another band he came up to my guitar player he's just like oh man i didn't know you were coming out tonight blah 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 and my guitar player said well yeah i'm playing tonight i'm in collective insanity he goes oh i thought those guys kicked you out and i'm just standing there listening like who the fuck's talking about us this is like our maybe eighth show ever like we're still a fairly new band yeah and these people that we've never even played with before are hearing rumors about shit that's happening and going on so i don't know i don't try to get into it because it just makes me so angry <laughs> no but now you're, you you kind of see like what i was even dealing with back in that early days of just being like who the fuck is talking about me why right. are you talking about what what have i done Right. What the fuck have I done? And now your guitar is sitting you're going, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. <laughs> what have I done? Why are you talking about me? Don't talk about me. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a buddy of his, so they were like friends beforehand or yeah. whatever. But still, it's just, I don't know why. I don't know why our band's name would even be in other band's mouths about like personal shit that we don't even post about. Yeah. Like there was never any kind of issue with him on the table. So anyway. But uh, that maybe like compared to like the comedy world. Comedy world, every open mic night I've done, comedians don't really like come up to you and they're like, oh, hey, how's it going? Never seen you here before, this, that, and the other. Everyone either keeps to themselves or they're in that tight click of like, we've been we doing this for a while. We came here to a group, got it. Yeah. Um, it's, 
an open mic quotation marks but it's actually a bringer show so whoever brings more people through the door is going to kind of get some stage time which is really the only reason i was able to get up there that night you came and saw me oh no shit because i was sitting with my two lesbian friends that i brought out so i was just like hey I <laughs> well brought, if i knew that i, I brought people if i known that i would have been part of your table i was yeah. just uh, being oh, they were small ass tables and owen was there too I thought that was one of the lesbians. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. He won't listen to it. No, of course he won't. He doesn't fucking listen to anything I do anymore, motherfucker. <laughs> um, but then, like, if you step outside uh, and, like, a bunch of comics are in a circle, it's almost the same, like, ego thing. So it, it's less of, like, a conversation and more everyone just kind of trying to one-up each other on being funny. And, you know, and that gets annoying. But I guess it kind of makes sense in that regard. And that's just why I kind of wanted to maybe see and not just assume because, you know, when you talk about band egos, oh, yeah, there's definitely egos involved with all that. But at the same time, unless you're just a singer songwriter, it's a collective ego, like a collective insanity. It's a collective ego. It's the ego of the drummer and the bassist and the singer and the lead guitarist is you've got a lot of personalities and maybe one can kind of undercut the other, boost the other up with a comic it's just you it's your ego and your stance and depending on how you respond to an answer depending on how you reply to everything that is you it's not like you could have your you know goofy drummer saying something stupid but then you've got like the core three up front that know you know how to respond to something right 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 it's just you now so yeah, I kind of see how maybe the ego does get in a little bit more play. Like, who the fuck is this kid? He's not going to come over and try to be funny to us, right? You know, it's like at least with a band, there might be one dude in the band being like, "Hey, I want to be your friend," right. and all of a sudden the egos of the other people are extinguished, right? I don't know. <laughs> and then there's also, I mean, much like music, you really have to take into consideration what kind of crowd you're in front of with comedy and really read the room which i do not i was gonna know how to do like i don't give a fuck there was a few about time, the room the, the time i came out there was a few times i was sitting here going i'm like i hope he makes eye contact with me because i was gently <laughs> shaking my head just being like i was trying to be a bro just being like don't don't d- d- i know i see your face i know your flow i know where you're going well that's don't do this that's the thing is every comedian whenever you hear them like give advice about doing comedy they're like you just got to do it like if you wrote it you think it's funny get up there and do it it's the only way you're gonna figure out if it works so i'm like all right like let's just get up here and see if it works but sometimes again you have to read that room first well it's hard when there's no room to fucking read like there is a good bit of people there and if someone would have been like boo you fucking suck then i would have been like oh shit this fucking sucks but when they're all just kind of quiet and staring at me my brain goes to maybe they just didn't get it let's try again let's get a little darker That was the wrong approach. I don't know. I think that you did the right band thing in that moment because, you know, I know you've had a couple shows since then. You've gotten better. There was that little moment near the end 
it was trailing off bad. It's like you started strong. Yeah. You kind of went through a little bit of a whoop, whoop, This is good. This middle. is good. Let's try some black jokes during Black yeah. History Month. And then that's when it started kind of <laughs> going down a little bit. And that's when I'm like giving you like the slow head shake. Like, bro, no, 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 no. Bring it back. I know you've got some others. I've heard them. Go with those. <laughs> those are fucking funny. Go with those. But you, I forget what it was. And this is the perfect band moment you pulled off. Right at the end, you said something that brought everyone to their knees laughing and then you knew it you were like my name's mikey black yeah, yeah. have a good night <laughs> and you got the fuck off stage yeah. oh <laughs> fuck yeah because i was like i was just rambling like just writ- just written these jokes kind of rambling my way through it stumbling along about to say a punchline that looking back on was definitely punching down it wasn't terrible, <laughs> but it wasn't good. And the DJ played like a bombing sound effect, just a loud boom. Uh-huh. And I just turned to the MC. I'm like, I don't think I should finish that joke. And then everyone kind of chuckled. I'm like, I'm Mikey Black. It's been great. Good night. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the top tier moments I've seen, though, because I was just like, he pulled that off perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the thing is, the only part that was annoying me, and he, they weren't doing it to just you, but other comics. I don't like when the MC, DJ, whoever, starts making sound effects during people's sets. Right. I don't know. That seems a little off to me. So here's the other interesting thing about it is for music, like I can go take guitar lessons and then use those skills and bring it to a band. And then the band has to come together to put out a product. Uh, comedy is like there's actually comedy classes that you can sign up they're usually like six to eight weeks they teach you how to write how to tighten it up to five minutes and then they give you stage time so charlotte actually has a pretty tight community that all took this one comics class and so most of those shows like a good bit of them all graduated from the same class and they're there together but i bet they all have a very similar flow yeah but uh, no, nah, not really, because we okay. saw about five of the comedians you saw that night were from that comedy class. Okay. So I guess <laughs> they just get, like, they're all tied enough together that the DJ feels comfortable to just fuck with them and do whatever. Yeah. So that's what that's about. Okay. I, I was going to say, I, I, that's one of the first open mic comedy events I've been to in a long time. And even and before I, then, I'd not been to many, so I didn't know if that was like a standard or not. Right. And I did talk to the uh, the guy that runs the class after the show, after everyone had cleared out and he was still lingering around and I'm just kind of beating myself up for being a dumbass. And I was talking to him about it and he was just like, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, I thought it was good. Stupid joke, but I mean, you got up there and tried. I'm like, all right, cool. That's <laughs> good enough. He gets it. No, and that's, and that's what it comes down to. Um, have you ever considered doing improv? Yes. Like be part of an improv troupe? Oh, yeah. I feel like I would be pretty good. I've honestly thought about just sitting down with a hot mic and just rambling for 30 minutes just to see what comes out. I mean, what weird voices and goofy shit I usually do (laughs) whenever other people are around. And that's not the worst idea because, um, at my smoke shop, one of my, um, constant customers, he's actually part of a, uh, improv troupe and he's been trying to talk me into joining is it's like, dude, you've got a quick wit about you. You know, you've, you're, you're animated. You know how to work your voice. You know, you ought, you ought to give it a shot. Right. And I, the first thing though, was I immediately just thought of you and I was like, Oh no, actually Mikey, 
he would fucking kill in an improv troupe. I'm good. See, here's my problem. Dante would, too. Okay. See, I, I've not heard as much of him, but the bits I heard, I would definitely agree. And see, but here's my thing. I feel like I would do good at the concept of improv, except for the actual improv part. Coming up immediately with the full vision. I'm good after we've come up with the idea. After right. we've come up with the idea, I can roll with that all day long. But as soon as you throw me a curveball, like someone doesn't really know how to play along properly with the improv and they've completely flipped the script, I'm going to stand here being like, uh, I don't know. I was already writing out a narrative in my head, which is the opposite of improv. Right. I'm yeah. not supposed to write the narrative in my head, but they've now changed the game on me and I'm like, oh, well, fuck, I don't know what to do now. Yeah, I watched a video that kind of broke down how you're supposed to do it. Um, bunch of i don't know psychology and terms i don't remember but essentially like you want to stay away from questions like if you open it with a question that's fine but then you don't want to like if someone says oh hey gary sun shining blah 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 something about a cat this that and the other and then the other person's just like oh what about your cat and that's just the throwback like you don't want to do shit like that like you just kind of even if you just go way off the rails and take it in an ex so, so instead of asking about the cat, you would find a way to make the cat part of the subject again without asking the question. Right. Got or it. just change the subject entirely. And then I'm sitting here going, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about a cat, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> I won't know about the cat. <laughs> Have you found... Okay, so did you ever go through a moment when you were progressing as a guitarist that all of us were like when you were, you know, doing demoing and you could really put your hands on the idea of making this louder, changing this tone, you know, working as, you know, micro producer stuff. Right. Was there ever a moment when you started listening to music differently? Um, not really, to be honest, the, <laughs> the main thing I try to do when I listen to music is to find the bass and listen to what the bass player is doing because okay. I've always struggled with that and I still struggle with that. Struggle so, with what? Like like if I'm listening to a song like trying to pick out like the bass guitar oh, specifically oh, okay, and kind of like it. hone in on it with my ears and focus on that. See, because I was going to ask if you now look at like comedy stand-up or comedy movies different now that you're breaking down the mechanics of the writing. Um, Not really, no. I don't think so. I mean, there's really hasn't been too many comedy movies lately. And the ones that have come out, like they still, um, oh, what's his name? He's the guy from Workaholics, a few other movies. Uh, but he just put out a movie called The Outlaws. Okay. And he was explaining like, like comedy movies these days, like they try, you know, to write, you know, joke, joke, joke. This is funny. This is funny. But you can't really rely on dialogue much anymore because all people want to see is just action, action, action. Like as fast, like as many scene changes as possible, yeah. like clip worthy stuff for the Internet. Mm -hmm. So even like professional comics at this point are still just kind of throwing their hands up like we don't know how to put out just a classic like comedy movie that's just purely funny. No, that, without that, having to bow to producers and Hollywood standards of flashiness and all that shit. I mean, we even saw that again recently with The Machine. 
you know, there was supposed to, I was supposed to be a comedy movie, but in the end, it wound up just being yeah, just an like a action movie, pretty much like a, a espionage kind of. <laughs> I still hadn't seen it, but I from, haven't either. But from what everything I've heard and read, it's essentially like it's a it's a action comedy, but emphasis on comedy being the secondary, right? <laughs> much like the Flash. Oh God, <laughs> no! But the reason I asked is because I remember there was a defining moment when i was actually it was during hipster killers because i wound up mixing and mastering that record by myself after we recorded it right and i remember after that i all of a sudden i would put on a record and i would hear it totally different my ears um, automatically would be hearing the snare over and over and over i would be hearing just the rhythm guitar and its tone and when did it phase in and out right so it's like all of a sudden was not listening to the song as a whole i was listening to the mix i was listening to the master i was listening to what parts came through and what didn't and so that's maybe kind of why i was looking at it, like if you start watching a comedy kind of looking ahead of the movie or looking ahead of their joke and being like they're gonna land here yeah i do that with every movie anyways and then i'm almost not even almost i'm definitely at the point in comedy where like most stand-ups if i go see it live i'll have a good time and i'll chuckle usually i've had a few drinks but if i'm sitting at home watching stand-up on netflix or youtube or whatever rarely do i actually like laugh out loud it's just usually like, oh, that was clever. Oh, I see what he did there. Oh, yeah, that's funny. That's a good perspective on such and such. So mm, it's definitely mm-hmm. one of those art forms. Like, you got to see it live. You got to be with other people and feed off the energy. Yeah. I will say on the music side of things, listening to music, I don't really focus so much on the production since I've started getting into like recording and understanding like guitar tone and how to add layers and multiple tracks and like panning and compression EQ, all that stuff. Um, But more so like now that I have a visual to look at instead of just sitting there playing guitar or playing to a metronome and really be able to break down like, all right, I could do this at like 140 BPM uh, four, four timing give it this many bars this many measures and then i could switch it to like three four and bump the bpm up to like 160 and try something with that and playing with that and then Mm -hmm. listening to songs and trying to catch those kind of things is more so what i get stuck on so like weird time signatures or like fucking rock head yeah (laughs) (laughs) no and i I hadn't really gotten into that although with everything else going on i feel like fucking thanos at the end of the very first avengers movie fucking walking up to his um crib door opens up and he goes fine i'll fucking do it myself as he puts his hand in the glove yeah (laughs) i've been watching a bunch of fucking youtube tutorials on like solos and like where to start on all that stuff because my brain has always been a melodic guy you know i can craft together a song you know i know if you know i may not know my terminologies but i know what sounds right together i know that these combination of things can work and we can transition out of whatever this note is here we can transition and come all the way up here as long as we stay in this box right i know that but i don't know technically what i'm talking about so now i'm kind of having to train my brain to learn oh that little trick i've been doing is actually a this this is how i can add on to it 
Because my limitations on soloing is Chuck Berry. <laughs> that fucking bending. That's all I fucking know. But it's, just, it's getting to the point where I need to know how to play a fucking solo. I'm tired of relying on other people to play these solos. <laughs> it's a lot easier to find a rhythm guitar player than it is a solo guitar player. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, like, Chuck Berry-type stuff. and It isn't, but... My knowledge doesn't go too much further than that. Just throwing a little extra notes here and there. No, but, but, you, but you understand your scales. You understand specific patterns. You know about your arpeggios and all that bullshit. I really don't know much on that. And then also, what I want to create is beyond my ability. Right. So it's like I have to kind of force myself to learn a little more to create at the level in which I want to create. Right now, I'm still working under that hindrance of, okay, well, I can get this far with it. I need to rely on someone else to help get me to that extra stop. I, I, I need to now be able to just do it all. <laughs> I understand. I've actually been thinking about taking guitar lessons again for really? that very reason. Because the other guitar player in Collective Insanity is just leaps and bounds above where I'm at. In like what regard? um, Because coming from someone that doesn't play leads and just listens to note structure and flow, it feels like, of course, yes, you can always learn more. But I wouldn't see what would, especially in the metal community, what would separate you from really someone else in the regard of being quote so much better maybe someone that's a tick or two above you've always got room to grow you got learned you got shit to learn right but i wouldn't imagine someone being so many leaps and bounds over the ability that you already have for that genre um all right let's see he has little more music knowledge than i do for sure okay um it's much easier for him to like hone in on rhythms and time changes and like just spitting stuff out super quick uh, it's a hell of a lot faster than i am for sure and much more precise when he does it okay so then, more technique yeah definitely his technique's way better and then his ability to just it really does boil down to technique okay um i think i just need someone to give me like a proper way to train those techniques so to speak (laughs) so youtube is not the place to look for that not for me i don't really learn jack shit from youtube like i can but i don't know i feel like when there's money on the table and i'm actually sitting in front of somebody and it's just one of those weird things too like if i'm watching somebody do something in person it's way more easy for me to pick up on it no, that for some makes reason, a lot of watching sense. it on the video does not have the same effect. Like to be actually right next to somebody and see them do it mm-hmm. really translates. No, and that makes sense because I Especially feel like. Especially when you get into like that higher level of like learning. That's exactly what I was going to say. If it was just a simple, like, if I had a question and I sent you like a segment of a song, I'd be like, Mikey, what the fuck is this person doing here? And you just sent me a video of like that little 15 second solo. I could watch that and then like duplicate it. But if you were like, you know, okay, so this is a yada yada and then we're going to move up to this. And now this is a blah, blah, blah. It would be a lot easier at being something in person with me with my guitar. That way we could go at the exact pace and then see exactly what you're doing. I can mimic it along, not have to pause a video, do something else, and then come back to it, reverse. It just, right, right, right. That does seem a little bit more cumbersome. So I think it'd be easier for me to compare it to like working out. So you can start out 
you know, watching YouTube videos, figure out a basic workout plan, a basic diet plan, and then, you know, get great results, be in great shape. And so I feel like I'm on the point of guitar where I'm like, all right, I've been doing this long enough by myself. I need to take it to the next level, right. which would be the same as, all right, I've been in the gym for four years. I'm pretty strong. I look all right, but I think I might want to enter a bodybuilding show. So I'm going to have to go hire a coach that's going to have to like really help me dial in and get to that like perfect little, you know, chiseled yeah. level of expertise. And that's also where I'm at with guitar. Like I'm pretty good. I know I'm good. I'm not going to be too humble and be like, oh, I suck. I'm glad you guys think I'm good. Like I know I'm pretty damn good, <laughs> oh, yeah. but I want to be on that like damn, damn good level. <laughs> that damn, damn shit. Because you get to a point where like, and you've, you've, you've got some of these people in your life where you kind of see where they start, you watch them grow, and then out of nowhere it's like, oh, you're doing big shit. Yeah. And so I know quite a few people, not on a very personal level, but I've had decent amount of interactions with them and I see them doing big shit and I'm sitting here like well, I want to do big shit too why you get to do big shit oh because you're better than me that's right <laughs> <laughs> no and and that absolutely does come down to it and, and a lot of it does also come down to perseverance yeah you know how much are you willing to take the shit before you just say fuck it I'm done you know because right. <clears throat> much like with bodybuilding and comedy I mean hell one of my favorite comedians right now is Theo Vaughn and I thought he was someone that kind of came out in the scene maybe about five years ago and, you know, over the last two or three years has really found a stride. This motherfucker's been going at it for 20 fucking years. Yep. And just bubbling under the surface. And then all of a sudden, one day. Joe Rogan reaches his hand down from the heavens. <laughs> Come on, Theo. I'm going to show you the world. <laughs> Hop on my magic carpet. Pull that shit up, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and But you know what? Is As much as, you know as much as that may be sometimes a bit of a hindrance being like, God, do we really have to have a Joe Rogan type person in our lives to, you know, get seen? Well, at the same time, Joe did the same thing, you know, but he's doing the other thing, which is I've got friends. I have a platform. Let right. me show them off. So it's like, it, it all kind of comes back to itself in its own way. But I kind of look at his story as a prime example of, you know, push along for so long. And then one of your buddies is just like, Hey, you, you've been fucking kicking ass. Why don't you come over here, do this real quick, and let's see what you do with this leverage. That's I'm right. not going to carry you, but yeah. I'm going to give you an extra little tap, and now let's see what you do with this. That's how it's been for all the guitar players and drummers I know that have made it into like bigger shit. It's like they've been doing it, they've been crushing it, and that one band reaches out and is like, hey man, we need a guitar player for a three-week one we're doing. Yep. You know, don't get your hopes up. Like We just need you for three weeks, this, that, and the other. They hop on, they do it, a couple months go by. Hey, man, we're getting ready to head into the studio. We really like what you did on tour. And then, boom, there it is. Yep, and it's beautiful. And now you're playing guitar for Cradle of Filth. <laughs> <laughs> do you actually know someone in Cradle Yeah, I don't know him. Like like I said, I don't know him personally, but Not I've close seen enough, him like, tangentially. at enough of his other band shows and Facebook and shit interactions. Well, that's pretty badass, so, man. That's cool. That is cool. But it's like, so 
you you mentioned something earlier not to do like too much of a whiplash but i feel like all three of these things do kind of roll together so it's like you being the multifaceted motherfucker you are you've got your comedy and podcasting you've got your music and then the other thing you mentioned which is your health classes and your body strength so you've not only been kind of so paying much attention to your own body the entire time now you're starting to do it with other folks like what's that all about um because that's kind of morphed and changed throughout the years. So what what is the current version of? I don't usually like to talk about my career on podcasts. <laughs> uh, so I work as a licensed massage and body work therapist in the state of North Carolina. Go yeah. ahead and get out all your dick tugging jokes, people. See, Let me but, hear. I'm getting the I comments. I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't see that at all. My my first thought isn't like dick tugging. Because you're jokes. a genuine nice guy, Alex. And <laughs> I want the world to do that. I'm an asshole. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> no, but the first thing I think of when you say that kind of shit is like you know athletes and shit you know it's like you're helping folks get back in their prime and you know you as long as you are a physical representation of what you are providing right i don't see there being too much of a fucking joke on there and plus as soon as someone wants to go yo oh, a dick tugger flash on your fucking bank account yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or my dick <laughs> <laughs> be like who's tugging who <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but i've been doing that for four years um got a new job working with uh people that are actual doctors so that's nice that's yeah. what that's what you kind of want in that field is to be surrounded by the people that are like i guess viewed as more professional because they have a nice piece of paper and a degree right. behind it um i hope they don't listen to this i'm not talking shit <laughs> I'm a, my girlfriend's a doctor of physical therapy and i make fun of her for not being a real doctor all the time <laughs> well a chiropractor's not a real doctor either yeah, so yeah. fuck them all <laughs> <laughs> me and chris uh <laughs> sometimes collectively pick on courtney <laughs> i was just like i bet she feels so loved well we she knows we're joking around hopefully i'm sure she does <laughs> but we were i was just like yeah she's a doctor but not the kind of doctor you want on an airplane oh <laughs> and then chris was like yeah no one's ever like ah oh, my sciatica <laughs> we gotta bring this plane down <laughs> Well, the thing I was going to kind of wrap it all together in is, um, have you ever considered doing any sort of, um, I guess, bodybuilding like shows no. or like strength competitions? Fuck no. Strength competitions, maybe. Bodybuilding shows, not a chance in hell because it is dumb as fuck. There's no reward for it. Like there's no. You look like a golden god. I guess. And like every other instagram fitness account <laughs> don't you want do? some followers no <laughs> i want some goddamn money hey money comes after the followers yeah, buddy. i guess if a uh, hello tushy wanted to give me a sponsorship then i might consider it because <laughs> i'm all about cleaning my ass <laughs> actually courtney actually got me a bidet and we were <laughs> Okay, I saw you, this. Pause. this is a hard transition. I'm no, sorry. No, I love it. Pause. <laughs> tell me about this fucking bidet. <laughs> oh, well, uh, let me tell you the story of how I learned that she got me a bidet. By um, accident? <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, I guess, Hey, like, honey, don't you need to take a shit? <laughs> maybe, like, six months ago or more, like, I saw, like, a deal for one on Amazon, and I'm like, I kind of want to get this. Would you use this? And she's like, no, that's weird. No. And I'm like... No, like it's 
like we're going to save money on toilet paper. We don't have to buy wet wipes. Like it's cleaning your butt, you know, you, like, are you wiping? Or are you cleaning? Like figure it out. <laughs> and so I didn't buy it six months, however long goes by. And then, she, uh, we actually just celebrated our, uh, we've been together for seven years and she's like, Hey, I got you something. I'm like, Oh really? I'm like, and she's like, yeah, you want to guess what it is? And so I start guessing. She's like, I give you three guesses, I guess. And she tells me, like, you're never going to guess. So I'm just fucking around with her. I'm like, well, you said I'm never going to guess, blah, blah. Give my three guesses. Completely wrong. We play 20 questions. We're like, question 20. Oh, my God. Right? And I cannot figure this out. And then question 20, I go, is it gay as fuck? Like, come on. <laughs> and she laughs. She goes, I mean, kind of. <laughs> And I'm like, oh shit, is it a bidet? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, dude. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> but is it uh, worth it? Have you has has your yes. is your ass cleaner now? Well, I don't know because I hooked it up. Um, and we're renting our place, so when I was screwing it in, like it didn't really seal right, so it leaked. I managed to get like a poop in while it was installed but it was one of those like small dry ones didn't really require a lot of cleanup um <laughs> go to work the next day lunch break take a massive dump and it was one of those <laughs> i was sitting there i'm like this would have been the one like <laughs> just going through it man just wiping my ass this is a third wipe yeah. here but <laughs> yeah uh, get home. She's like, "Hey, it, it leaked some more." So I'm like, "God damn it!" So I go up there, uh, take off the little part that screws into the toilet because you have to replace the part. Water connects to the toilet. That's what fills it up and flushes it. Well, you now you need one that splits it because you also need water to run to the bidet. Okay. So I was tightening it on there, tightening it, turning it, turning it, and then I hear a <coughs> something snaps. Open up the toilet. Completely broke the pump in the back. Submit a maintenance request to <laughs> I didn't our do landlord. It. <laughs> yeah. Submit a maintenance request to the landlord on Monday, and they just now called me today, and they're like, yeah, we can get someone out there on Monday. And I'm like, God damn it, dude. Okay, good. It's so not now just, it's just my sitting spot. There. I haven't had a chance to properly clean my ass with the bidet. <laughs> damn it, woman, you bought me a broken bidet. <laughs> Happy anniversary to me. Fuck. But does it feel nice? Does it feel like you're cleaning your butt? Dude, that thing's got pressure. Like... <laughs> My ass is getting pressure washed. Like, I thought like level one would just be a gentle mist to at least kind of soak it so you could wipe better. But no, even level one is just like a pss, like like if you're not sitting there, it's gonna hit the wall. <laughs> it's shooting water. So totally worth it, a hundred percent. See, I've considered. I have considered because every so often it'll pop up in my Amazon recommendations, and I'm like, mm. every. I think everyone would love it if they tried it. Right, so you're going to be that guy now, like in the episode of uh, South Park, when Randy gets a bidet, and that's <laughs> oh, yeah. all the fuck he talks about. <laughs> I'll be that Once guy. it starts actually working, you're just like, guys. <laughs> if I ever do get sponsored, be just the ads will be like, guys, I'm not just reading copy right now. Like, I, <laughs> I, this, genuinely, I genuinely use, use this, this, and this I love it. <laughs> love it. My ass never been cleaner. <laughs> My wife loves it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I mean, yeah, it's great. You don't even have to 
I wanted one with a warming option, but she didn't get that one, so it's just straight cold water. But <laughs> fucking not paying attention. That's like getting you in the car a, in the wrong fucking yeah, color, well, dude. I I guess there's not like a lot of temperature receptors on your asshole, so it doesn't really <laughs> I don't mind it too much. I don't know. I figured the asshole would be extra sensitive to that. Like I mean the cold? You, you, well and warmth. I mean you can have a warm fart. And you know it's warm. You're not sitting here going like, ooh, that is a neutral fart. You're like, oh, that fart was hot. Well, because it's coming from your bowels. Yeah, but you feel it, it on your, your asshole. asshole. Yeah, I guess. I'm, I guess your asshole maintains like a proper 96 to 98 degrees <laughs> body temperature. <laughs> I mean, you can't take your temperature in your ass. That's All what right, they do drop for trowel. I've got my laser <laughs> thermometer here. We're going <laughs> to test this out. <laughs> What is your asshole's resting temperature? <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> it tickles. <laughs> oh, my God. The show is devolved. I love it, though. This is why I want Mikey on the show more. It's free laser hair removal at the same time. All right. Just, <laughs> let me ask you this. I meant to ask Dave this last episode, but we just went down so many different paths. And now I just remembered. When you get in the shower, what percentage of your body do you touch with your hands to wash with my hands yes is there an apparatus like a washcloth sure but like what percentage of your body <laughs> is, are is this, you physically is this touching? about the stereotype where white people don't wash their legs this is the stereotype <laughs> that men do oh, not man. wipe do not wash anything oh below their asshole mm, i i I wash everything. Maybe not the bottom of my feet because I'm already standing like in sudsy water. So yeah. I'm wearing shoes all day, so they don't really get dirty. They just might stink. There's but a they're bunch of germs off. like in your shoes, though. That's that's what the smell is. Smell is germ. Bacteria. Bacteria. So, but not viruses. I'm, no. I'm not gonna like stick it in like my girlfriend's cooter or something. So. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're missing out. <laughs> you maybe. fucking wash your feet a little wash more. My feet. <laughs> She'll come into the bedroom and be like, I noticed you uh, washed your feet. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I I heard it on YouTube. I've seen a couple different other people mention it. And I started thinking, I was like, you know, I probably only physically touch about. So YouTube told you men don't wash from the waist down. Yeah. And I've only heard that white people don't wash from the waist down. Are we getting different algorithms? I think we are. Am I racist? Yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did come to your open mic show. <laughs> Damn, white people don't wash the bottoms of their feet. Well, no, because I That's started me. sitting here thinking, and I have showered with many a lady, and I have seen them take the loofah to their legs and, you know, up their arms, you know, their backs, everything. You know, that, that loofah touches a good 95% of their entire fucking body. I started sitting here thinking, I'm like, you know, I wash my face, wash my hair, wash my pits, wash my crotch, wash my ass. I might hit the soap like on my chest, maybe kind of get it down on the arms a little bit, you know, because I'm already hitting the pits. Yeah. I can't think of the last time I genuinely washed my legs. Like sat here with a bar. So you're going to get on my ass for having bacteria on the bottom of my feet. <laughs> no, I, I wash everything except for the bottom of my feet. 
but the soap is hitting the rest of it, man. His ankles are clean as fuck, boy. I never wear shorts. You're wearing shorts. Your legs are receptive yeah, to the I'm outside normal element. and it's hot as fuck outside. Fuck some shorts. No, I do not own a pair of shorts. The only shorts I own is a single pair of swimming trunks. I've been hanging out with Fireball too much because I actually bought some like new athletic shorts. Don't hang around Tyler too long. You'll buy a pair of Hoochie Mama jeans. <laughs> those six inch seam boy. <laughs> God, you're going to be ro- rocking around in goddamn Speedos before I know it. <laughs> well, hopefully my legs will start to tan. They're pretty pale. But no, I don't know. Just my, again, I think about it as like I don't wear je- clothes. I don't wear this dirty clothes. This is the metrosexual portion of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't wear dirty clothes. I wash my ass. I wash my crotch, and I am getting soapy. And the rest of the soap is hitting the fucking legs. And I'm not wearing shorts, so they're being covered by jeans all day. Yeah. I wash my feet. I actually do that. That's the one thing you don't do. I actually will wash my feet. Is you got to get between those toes, brother. Hey, man, what you do in the bedroom's your business. All right? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you got to get between them toes. That way the socks, the socks stay clean and the shoes stay smelling good. I don't think my feet stink. <laughs> Ask your girl. <laughs> You're about to open up a can of worms you never knew fucking existed. You're just going to be sitting on the couch watching TV. You're going to have your arm around her and you're going to be thinking about it and slowly turn to him up. Babe, do, do my feet ever stink? And she's going to look at you shocked and then smile and she's going to say, no, you, they don't. But you're going to remember this conversation. And you're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's exactly what she did. Okay. And I'll no. remember this. Uh huh. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> but no, I, I'm just, I am really glad just kind of seeing you rocking it out and, and especially seeing you do the comedy shit because it's always felt like you've, I'll say it selfishly, it always just felt like you've been my secret weapon, like with comedy. Like if I've had a funny video, I'm like, I want to get Mikey involved. Let's think about all the different times I'll be like, I have a stupid idea, and then I make you the premise of the stupid idea. Because I knew, out of my entire friend group, you were the motherfucker I could call on to land that comedy and land the timing, the reaction, whatever I needed. You were going to be the secret weapon to make it work. So, like, when I saw you actually going out and doing, like, stand-up and, like, open mic nights, I was like, yes, Charlotte in the surrounding areas are not ready for this. This motherfucker is feeling confident, and now he's getting (laughs) on stage saying this shit? Oh, boy, here we fucking go. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry I bombed in front of you. <laughs> I don't think I bombed. Is you the didn't. Thing. I Here's don't think the other you did. thing about comedy is I did those exact same jokes at a place outside of Charlotte, just right outside of Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> and it killed. I mean, it wasn't like killed, killed, but everyone laughed and chuckled and understood what I was going for. Yeah. So. No, it really does depend on your audience. I mean, think back at, you know, not trying to do intentional name drops and shit, but it's just a consistent show that was never good for us, even though I kept thinking it was going to be. Anytime we open for Wednesday 13, it never hit. Right. Anytime. Never. Especially no matter the what. the last time. Like, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> but it never hit. So it's like, it really just depended on your audience. I was sitting here going, like, oh, maybe this lineup and the way we sound now will finally resonate with them. Nope. Nope. Stares the entire fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Here, we could talk about that if you want to get into it is whenever a, a big name or a bigger name band comes through and the openers are mainly locals, it really does feel like the locals 
I wouldn't say get shit on, but the people at the show do not care. Yes. You might get two or three that are like, I'll pity you and buy a shirt, but, or give you some compliments after the fact. But in the grand scheme of things, like looking at actual numbers and statistics afterwards, it doesn't do jack shit for you. I think there's a line literally on both sides. I think there's a certain threshold for both your local bands and your nationals where your audience is going to react that way. The only reason I can say that, and I can now look back at it objectively, I can't say anything for Collective Insanity, but at least for the fill-ins, any show we got put on that we did not get a decent fan base after the fact was because of us. We were not good enough. And I can say that confidently. I was not good enough. We as a collective were not good enough to capture their attention. And the reason I say that is there's been a couple different bands I've toured with where they've gotten to open for really big acts. And it was the polar opposite. Those audience words were into them. Two different style of music. One classic rock style, one progressive rock style. Both tours for their big shows had a bunch of people after that at the merch booth and seeing comments after the fact. And it's because both of those bands that I was on tour roadieing for were better than us and they captured the audience's attention. So that's a bit of ego I've kind of had to reconcile with myself and come to admit and just be like, oh, well, we kind of fucked off with those big opportunities. We fucked them over. Because we weren't necessarily good enough. We did not grab their attention well enough. That doesn't mean I'm ever going to stop reaching for those shows because they always look great on the resume and every show is a positive. But when we start looking at it strictly from the numbers standpoint, it's not the audience's fault. It's ours. Because I can also think of many different times I went out to a national show. God, these opening, but I couldn't give a shit. Just please get the fuck off the stage. I don't care. I don't care. Then there's been other times I started. I don't care. I don't get midway through. Holy fuck. These guys are actually really fucking good. Right. That happened with Rosser. Uh, there, we went to Atlanta to see Tuck and I was just like, I don't care about any of the, I don't know these opening bands. I don't give a shit. I just want to be my first time seeing the restless hearts. I just want to see that. I don't give a shit about these guys. Literally a song in from Rosser. And I'm like nearly up front, just going like, these guys are fucking amazing. So again, I think it is just a threshold of us, you know? So I, if I could go back and do better, I would, but but do you know what kind of numbers those bands got back from that? Just because you were awestruck doesn't mean majority of the people there were. For Rosser specifically? Like, I feel like... Because I, I can, I'm not going to on air give numbers, but I do know the numbers after the other two acts right. that I was roadieing with. I, I do know those numbers because I worked the merch booth. So I could see that firsthand. Well... It would be relative to. I'm not going to say we didn't get bumps as collective when we did bigger shows. Yeah. Or the few that we have done. Yeah. But, and, and again, for clarification, I'm only speaking for the fill-ins. I'm yeah, not yeah. trying to speak for your. Well, band. it's also a matter of, and even seeing like other locals going to shows and watching them open for other. Like, because the big band is there, it's a bunch of people bringing their friends or like oh i've heard these guys once on spotify like not actual diehard like music fans just very casual and so yeah you're playing in front of a lot of people and it looks cool and it's fun but 
like 60 or more percent of the crowd is just out there because their friend invited them out for a good time and they're just doing their thing. Yeah, and I th- and that was maybe my part two of that threshold. If your major band is too big, yeah, it doesn't matter who yeah. is playing. It doesn't matter if they're the greatest fucking thing since sliced bread. They're not going to care because that national is so big. Yeah, it's almost too big of a fish. Exactly. So that, that's what I was saying. There's that threshold for both sides. There's a threshold for your local band to actually capture that audience. <laughs> but then if the threshold of the major is too large, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> you are set up to lose in the end. <laughs> but no shade. Wednesday 13 is not too high of a threshold. I should have been able to grab some people oh, after that's that That's how show. we got there. <laughs> we played with that one band. I forget what they were called. It was Single like- Shot Centers. Uh, not those guys. Those that were the guys fun. I liked. Yeah. See, and that's an example. I couldn't have cared about the other opening bands on that show. All I cared about seeing was Wednesday. But all of a sudden, a couple songs in from Single Shot, I was like, oh, wow. I actually like these guys. So I think that is another one of those examples of the ability to really sway that audience. You Didn't just have also, to be good. Wasn't like Eyes Set to Kill or some like new age metalcore band there's like two chicks i yeah. think one was a singer one mm-hmm. guitar player yeah those guys were huge yeah that was so weird like, i didn't well see i didn't realize after the fact how huge they yeah. were it was like literally a couple weeks after the fact i yeah. didn't realize how big they were because <laughs> i think i just did like the whole traditional thing of like on social media you follow all the bands so that's you're why i'm to saying that with. show didn't really do jack shit for us because yeah we played in front of i don't know 300 people at least yeah like it went huge but mm-hmm. a decent crowd but the, it was all like you know those emo and teen and gothic and me <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna I was say stoked. i remember someone I being excited as, as yeah. hell we I landed so that wednesday thursday show <laughs> and i set the kill it was awesome <laughs> but they weren't there for us so no. we could have done like you know we could have played the greatest song in the world and written a tribute to it after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> Although we did pick up a cap at that show. We did. <laughs> we picked we up one person. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> we got the one. <laughs> there you go, man. Well, uh, what so far has been your favorite show to play in Collective Insanity? Favorite show? Uh, Honestly, it's got to be at the rim. Uh, really? been up there three times i want to say it was i don't remember if it was the first or second time my memory's so shit but we played with truck stop up there and so the show was great crowd was you know it's the rim crowd everyone was partying having a good time and then the rest of the night like it was every member of my band getting drunk and having shenanigans going on with every member of truck stop and just uh we all ended up in the fucking hot tub Dude stew. <laughs> the hot dude stew, baby. Dude stew 2021. Uh, it was wild. Uh, I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> Why were you that uncomfortable? Because it was filthy. Like, <laughs> you were like, I was not a part yeah. of the dude stew. I was a part of the dude stew. I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> I don't mean filthy, like it just physically filthy, like the water. Like we Grainy. all played shows, sweating our asses off. At so much family, ass and ball sweat. Wonderful Smith family that is just so nice to host us, to give us a place to stay and rock out and, you know, support us as musicians and shit. <laughs> Let's just all hop in their nice new hot tub. Completely ruined the pH. 
that hot tub it's has been, been through, through so hell, much shit. Oh my god! I remember uh, the last Rim Rocks the Fillins played. Um, Chris and I were in the backyard. And we kept looking over at the jacuzzi and like kids were like jumping in and out of it. And like the water was going lower and lower (laughs) and lower. And we had like an absolute like king of the hill standing up in front of the um, fence moment. We're just standing in the middle of the yard, each having our drink. We're just staring at it. And he goes, that thing's about to, that thing's about to shoot water. And I was like, you think? He goes, yeah, that jet, uh, that jet's getting real close to being above water. Dude, no more than a minute later, this thing is shooting water almost <laughs> into their living room. <laughs> and at about that time, you see like Amy or someone like rounding the corner, screaming and shutting the door, unplugging the thing. And it's just like, no more jacuzzi the rest of the day. <laughs> and then like literally the next day, that was when we played. And then it was back up and running. But then like, Basically, Dude Stew, without it being called Dude Stew, happened because it was like all of the fill-ins and Superjet were in that jacuzzi. And then we got up and like looked at the film and it was just like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> Tony was like, we were in that. I was like, I know. <laughs> That's why I felt uncomfortable. That's why that day I was the first one in the hot tub. I'm the first one out. And I was like, all right, Devin's in a thong. Time to go. <laughs> Anytime Devin is in a thong, it's time to go. (laughs) But honestly, thinking back on it, with all the different shows the fill-ins played, I would have to say very similar, at least in my top three that I can immediately think of, has to be the first time we went to the rim. And the reason that had such significance behind it, at least to me, was because we had just gotten Adam on drums. And... At that point, things kind of felt shaky because we were about to go in and record a new record, and then that's when our old drummer, Matt, had like that absolute hissy fit, bitch fit, and fucking left. And we were working with a really good drummer that I technically would have been stoked for for the first record. Like, Adam would have been so fucking perfect at the very beginning of the band because I wanted that heavy, hard-heading, 4-4, just busted-out type drummer. And Adam is that in spades. Unfortunately, by that time, we had started playing more rock-based stuff, and we were wanting a little bit more, you know, to it. But it's like Adam, through his years of, you know, writing BMX and, you know, doing extreme sports, really messed up his wrist and forearm, so he was a little bit limited on his mobility which we were easily able to work around, but at the same time, I kind of had to restructure and rethink a couple songs and local mentality at that point we had not played a show in a while so i was feeling like really down and out about it and by that point i'd been playing a that show with dirtbag got connected up with brad at the rim he's like hey why don't you bring the fillings up i'm like okay i guess and you guys none of y'all knew about the rim i had been up there first so it was the whole thing of you know trust me trust me it's good it's fine it's we're not going to die it's going to be a fun show i almost killed everybody on our first trip to the rim (laughs) how so um so all right i was probably in your shoes but maybe to another degree because i was big daddy pimping like you boys ain't ready for this shit (laughs) i was i had a uh i was doing a management gig at the time so i was making a little bit more money 
And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to rent like a 12 passenger van. We'll rip out the back two rows, load up all the gear. So we'll have plenty of room for everyone to sit down and relax. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I was on that level. <laughs> and then we were going, uh, we we're going up to the rim, went to a gas station, had to get it back on the, uh, the interstate. Yeah. And we were in West Virginia at this point, and I'm like, oh, instead of turning left, I'm going to make a right. And right takes you, like, a ways down and then just steep up a fucking hill. Oh, shit. And it's a one-lane road, like, narrow as fuck. That's the and one we did. Was that the one we went up in the short bus when it was fucking sleeting and shit? Uh, that was... Was it the one right behind the gas station where there's, like, an unnecessary hill? In the bus, we went a wrong way and had to turn around entirely. Well, there was one time we were going up there in that bus that we hit something super steep, and it was like almost a one lane, and we were, it felt like we were like spiraling upward a mountain. Yeah, no, that was that was a different okay, okay. Different road, but that was still kind of sketch. Yeah, this was, <laughs> this was way more sketch because it wasn't like a slow incline; like it was sharp, unnecessarily fucking sharp. <laughs> Hard right turn and then drop off. There's the gas station at the bottom. Uh, have fun oh, <laughs> in this shit. giant ass van that I'm not used to driving sleep oh, no. deprived as fuck from the night before <laughs> uh, yeah that that's a little scary <laughs> almost killed us <laughs> but no so, Anyways. so like you know after convincing all you guys it's fine it's fine we'll go up there you know we finally get up there and the moment that made it most worthwhile for me was again i was just feeling so down and out because we had had shitty local shows already having to go through member changes i feel like even around that time was like the first time you're feeling real questionable about things and i'm like fuck and now mikey's gonna fucking leave you know and all this shit and it's like i was feeling real stressed and just down and out about it we go up there we play that show and we play hit the gas which had just recently come out and when i mean recently i mean only within like it 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 was literally within weeks of us playing the show because I remember distinctly when we pulled up, when I was at the rim with Dirtbag, when we were talking about the fill-ins, all I had to show was Fifth Time's The Charm. And Tony even vouched and went, no, 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 their new shit is even better than this. So it was before we even released anything or recorded fully for uh, The Time Is Now. We had only released that one single. So a couple weeks in and we play that song and everyone's singing the chorus. That is one of the moments that is probably the most ingrained in my skull is seeing all of a sudden all those fists on the first chorus, turn it up and get it loud. I was just like, holy. No, it's like I, I forgot the lyrics. Like it, it legit threw me back. I got like this shot of adrenaline because that was the first time anything of ours had been saying back to us. And that will forever still be like, I, I, I have played Uproar Fest. I have personally opened for Slash, you know? We as a band opened for a Ramon and the Dwarves. We opened for, you know, Reverend Horton Heat. I'm not trying to name drop. I'm just explaining all the crazy things, you know, we did get to do in that short time period. But the thing that still lives most vivid in my brain is seeing the rim singing along to hit the gas. So yeah, that that still has to be probably my number one go to with like favorite shows and experiences. Yeah, and that was a good recording session for that song too, <laughs> leading yeah. up to it. Yeah, yeah, a it really change was. Change of pace for us. 
and played some Pokemon Stadium <laughs> while we were recording. It's just unfortunate who the engineer wound up yeah, being. Well, you know. <laughs> you learn things after the fact, and then you erase names. <laughs> Sorry, guy. <laughs> But holy shit, no, I really can't wait to see what really comes next for you with all the music shit. Like, what what is coming up next for Collective Insanity? Not a bunch of jack shit. What do you mean? nothing coming up. Fuck you guys. We quit. No recordings? (laughs) Nope. No shows. No merch. Nothing. Which means all that shit's coming. Give up. (laughs) I already told you I was taking guitar lessons. (laughs) Can't read between the lines on that one. <laughs> they say you suck, dude. Just go play your three chord power chord punk rock bullshit. I am looking for a lead guitarist. Oh. <laughs> if you get kicked out of your own band, yeah. I am standing over here with open arms. Uh, well, well, I'll bring back some shit you started writing that we got rid of. <laughs> But before we wrap up with all this, you know what we got to do. We got to dig on into our Spotify playlist and figure out what the hell we've been listening to. What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. (laughs) Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. Alright, Mikey. What the hell have you been listening to? Um, I've been listening to a little something called Phase God. Oh, shit. Yeah. I actually know that name. Yeah, well, everyone knows that name. You don't know who the fuck he is. He's Phase God. He's a local Charlotte rapper, um, hip-hop artist, uh... Videographer, I don't know. He does. He does. Bunch of, yeah. Yeah. He, did, he doesn't do videography. I'm the yeah. only videographer doing <laughs> yeah. shit over here. But the fuck him. <laughs> He's he a rap a artist. <laughs> he actually hosts uh, open mic night that I've done a few times. Oh, nice. Had some good sets at. Uh, some not so good sets at. More not so good. But we don't talk about it. <laughs> um, he put out a single called Gatekeep the City. I've been listening to it on repeat, which isn't hard to do because it's only like two minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um. But yeah, check him out. He does open mic nights every Tuesday at Bart's Mart. Apparently, you can go there and sell your soul. I haven't figured out the secret to doing that yet, but <laughs> it's possible. Apparently, I, they hand out certifications and everything. Well, apparently, all you have to do is like just agree and then sign. Oh, well, no one's asked me to agree and sign. <laughs> well, if they've got the pamphlets, you have to agree and <laughs> sign. <laughs> I've already talked about this on a podcast with Chris. I'm not going over these goddamn pamphlets again, okay? <laughs> If you want to hear that, what show that they got to listen to? What? If they want to hear that, what show they got to listen to? You want me to plug your show for you? Well, I, okay, you I don't me? know what fucking episode it is, <laughs> asshole. You recorded it without me. It was the Cryptic Conspiracy Cult. Okay, thank you. Me. I don't fucking know. You recorded these without me. I wasn't trying to get you to do a plug. I just wanted you to be like, oh, that's on Cryptic Conspiracy. <laughs> I'll do the goddamn plug. Plus, if it was for your show, yeah, maybe I was setting you up for a plug. It was multifaceted, asshole. Seems like in comedy you'd see a setup. Moral of the story is listen to Phase God. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been listening to, Alex? Honestly, literally today, um, as, as we're recording this, I found out that in a record from Imperial State Electric that had been removed for the longest time got added back. Uh, Reptile Brain Music. 
Nice. And that, and I got to give a plug to it because it's been off Spotify for, it feels like at least two years now. And it's got some really good bangers. Um, in fact, I used uh, a quote of it today. Uh, one of the songs underwhelmed, just really fucking great song. Um, maybe it's just because they are one of my favorite bands, but I hear a lot of kiss in this band. I hear a lot of the like similar chord progressions, uh, their vocalists, uh, Nick Anderson, and I forget the other vocalist's name, very much a Paul and Gene style back and forth. You know, the tonalities are even kind of similar. It's not a straight kiss band. They have a lot of songs that don't hinge on that exact style, but more style than not, I would definitely lean toward their direction. So yeah, definitely check out like a uh, underwhelmed apologize and, um, uh, what was the other one? Eyes. Eyes is another really great one. So yeah, uh, just really great classic rock and roll type shit if you are into that, which is a shift from what I mentioned last week, and I've yet to see any response because we're actually recording these close together, but last week being me finally admitting I've been slowly listening to some Eminem songs. <laughs> it's a start, ladies and gentlemen. It might be the whitest rapper in the game, but... He's getting there. <laughs> after hearing Come it so many, way. after hearing it so many times at the shop, I went, you know what? Without you, it's actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> or, or without me, whatever the fuck it is, I'm not even that big of a fan. <laughs> yeah, so you know, weird changes happening here at Something Good Studios, and in the world of Alex Stiff, who knows what the fuck's going to happen next week. But if you are interested in all this, hopefully, like I said, by the time this episode comes out, we have the feed for who the fucks are this fucking guy, rather. Got to figure out the exact spelling. Who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> but but you, you might actually have to refigure out or reconfigure your spelling, because I don't know if you're going to be allowed to say fucking yeah. in the title. So oh. you might have to go like F-U-G-G-I-N or F asterisks. Might like just change that. it to frickin'. Freaking just who's this freaking guy? This fr- I mean, you can still call <laughs> it this fucking guy. You can yeah. still have the artwork say that, but like yeah. the title would have to be like this freaking guy. Who's this freaking guy? <laughs> oh, I kind of like it better. Freaking guy, especially if Dante says it in his country ass. Oh voice. my god, yes, this freaking guy. <laughs> this freaking guy. <laughs> 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 so yeah hopefully by the time <laughs> hopefully by the time this episode comes out at least an episode of that show is already out you gotta you got some work to do gotta get that artwork ready yeah and but, I, you know i might just like come up with something on ms paint and we're like this fucking guy really <laughs> this is the artwork it's really on, on brand baby <laughs> but for this episode of something good for you i've been alex and i'm mikey and make sure you follow Collective Insanity on Spotify, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> listen to the Cryptid Conspiracy Cult. So, so Continue yeah, to I, listen I, to I, something I, I, good I, for you. I give you a moment to like, just say something subscribe. random, and that's the moment you plug. Give us all your goddamn money. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Listen to our shit. Buy the goddamn shirts. You want some koozies with titties on them? We'll make them for you. Too hard, had to let a hoe breathe. Nigga, do magic, ain't shit on my sleeve. I apply more pressure, give the word they squeeze. Might do them dirty, unworthy of sleeves. Real, recognize real, you don't get a reprieve. I can't keep the city, they gave me the key. Shit, too hard, had to let a hoe breathe. Nigga, do magic, ain't shit on my sleeve. I apply more pressure, give the word they squeeze. I might do them dirty, unworthy of sleeves. Real, recognize real, you don't get a reprieve. I can't keep the city, they gave me the key.
Put on this trench, I feel just like a Morpheus I know I'm the one, that's redundant These niggas is rap about nothing That capping in front, man, shut the fuck up You sound better on silent I came with them steppers, attacking the titans No brakes, all gas, and they all wanna siphon They know I'm about high, they know Zodi ignited Colorful weed, got the scene looking vibrant I switch scenes every season My senses hiding in the haven No reason that shit is trifling And they say they dislike them When they really wanna be just like them I'm too frightening, niggas singing like Chain, that's a tight ten They wanna be where I be in the hive In between the thighs, I scuba dive under she like King Triton, Zodi. Shit too hard, had to let a hoe breathe. Nigga do magic, ain't shit on my sleeve. I apply more pressure, give the word they squeeze. Might do them dirty and worthy of sleeves. Real recognize, real, you don't get a real breathe. I can't keep the city, they gave me the key. Yeah, uh. Shit too hard, had to let a hoe breathe. Nigga do magic, ain't shit on my sleeve. I apply more pressure, give the word they squeeze. I might do them dirty, unworthy of sleeves. Real, recognize real, you don't get a reprieve. I can't keep the city, they gave me the key. Can't keep the city, they gave me the key. Ain't nothing but a bunch of gay porn on a flash drive. You've been listening to the Something Good Network. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on Instagram and check out the other great shows on the network. Link is in the episode description.